cervix is also a record keeper. So anything that's ever penetrated you physically, energetically, anything that you have not decided to birth through you or create, you know, it's cervix holds these memories. Hi friends, welcome to the Medicine Stories podcast, where we are remembering what it is to be human upon the earth. I am Amber Magnolia Hill. This is episode 90. Today I'm sharing my interview with Barbara Donnell Randall, who I've been following and internet friends with for many years now, talking about cervical wellness. The women's embodiment movement tends to stop at and be very focused on the womb, but cervix lies even deeper and contains an abundance of information about where we've been and what is needed now. From healing abnormalities and infections to connecting with the deep self for guidance and healing, let us peel back the layers and remember our innermost being. Danelle Barbara Randall, MA, is a women's integrative health coach and wellness educator specializing in cervical health and pelvic well-being. After healing her cervix herself after seven years of abnormal pap smears, HPV, and cervical dysplasia, Danelle is devoted to spreading the word that yes, women can heal their cervix and fall deeper in love with their female body in the process. She has spent the last 12 years studying, researching, and practicing integrative health, lifestyle medicine, motivation and behavior change, self-sufficiency, devotional cooking and hearth tending, indigenous earth-based wisdom traditions, nature-based healing modalities, and the most important wisdom slash intelligence one can study, her own body and her relationship to it. Cervical wellness is in service to all women and to girls who will become women and seeks to be a hopeful resource of pelvic well-being for all. This conversation is so deep and I'm just so enamored of Danelle's work and I have seen over the years following her how many lives her work has changed, how many people have healed their cervixes. This is so exciting to me. And even though I have not had cervical issues myself, um, I just want to spread the word that this is possible. And of course, I have had pelvic issues, so it's, it's relative to everyone. There are two Patreon bonuses that go along with this. One is a really personal medicine story of mine, but the first is a bonus video interview. Um, so you can see Danelle and I on this Zoom call. <laughs> I've never, I've never done that before. I've never posted a video of these interviews, but that's over at Patreon.com/slash Medicine Stories. It is all about um, devotional cooking and sunlight medicine. So we talk about feminism's effect on women's health and metabolism, cooking, true nourishment, and the dopamine feedback system. Your energy and intention when preparing food is an ingredient in that food. Kitchen ambiance and loving your cooking implements. Um, taking it slow and steady because drastic changes tend to not stick. The foods Danelle eats to nourish her cervix. Sunlight medicine and the app we both use to track vitamin D exposure and when 
vitamin D is strongest in the sky, replacing psychedelics and cannabis with sunlight, and why we both don't crave chocolate the way we used to anymore. What has replaced that for us? The second bonus is an audio recording. I've titled it, He Violated Me, Then Called Me a Witch, because that's what happened. And um, long story short, because I, I make the long story long in that recording, it's actually only 22 minutes, but I have had recurring PID, which is pelvic inflammatory disease. I've had it four times in 14 years. I had it last fall and that was the first time in seven years. So I really thought I was done with it and I was so surprised it came back and it's been very frustrating. There's not a lot of information about it. Um, It's an infection of the uterus and possibly for some women, other female organs. And it is often caused by um, chlamydia or gonorrhea, but I don't have either of those. Although I did recently find out what causes mine. So that's in that recording. But when that happened, I reached out to Danelle last fall and we ended up doing a one-on-one consultation. Even though this wasn't necessarily a cervical issue, it was so helpful for me. And you can hear me have the idea to do this bonus Patreon recording and tell this story during the interview um, because this is the kind of work that Danelle does with women one-on-one, yes, or in any of her online coaching programs or just following her on Instagram is it's story medicine. It's piecing our stories together and realizing how they have affected our bodies and manifested as physical symptoms. Um, so I had a really, really powerful remembrance of these encounters with this one particular dude in my early twenties and then getting the information about what causes my personal PID really kind of brought it all together. So the whole story is there at patreon.com slash medicine stories. As for now, it's available at the $2 level as everything has been since the beginning of the Patreon. I might need to up that price soon. I put so much more work into this podcast than I get paid for, which has been fine until recently. Um, So I'm just going to put that out there that if you're already a patron or have been thinking about it, it's probably the minimum monthly subscription is probably going to go up at some point in the near future. I'm figuring it out. I want it to like feel good and work for people and everything. So that is that. I'm really stoked to finally have Danelle on. I always knew I would. And this is going to change lives and help people. And please share it with anyone you know who's dealing with cervical dysplasia or HPV or any any feminine pelvic embodiment issues. Um, I laugh because I think it's all of us. So without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Danelle Barbara Randall. Danelle, welcome to Medicine Stories. I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you, Amber. I am stoked to be here. <laughs> stoked. Um, I, I told you this once when we spoke on the phone. I've never really had a cervical issue, but after finding you, I almost like wished I did or the, you know, that I could trade my other health issues <laughs> for a cervical issue because I love what you're doing in this space. And I don't, I don't, 
are you like the only person? I've never seen anyone else talking about what you're talking about. And you especially have made me realize that like cervix is self. Cervix is really the center of a woman's body and like embodiment. I'm going to let you all put this into your own words, but I just love the way you've reframed this for me. And I want to go deeper into it, which is why I asked you to speak to me today. I want to be living more in a place where I'm connected to my cervix. I don't even really know how to do that or what that means. But let's start with your story and how you came to be doing this work, which I actually, I mean, I have, you know, I know you have like issues with your cervix that you healed, even though the doctors told you you couldn't, but I want to know the details. Mm, okay. Well, it's good you want to know the details because it, it's a, it's kind of a long story. I'll do my best to like keep it short just because we have other things we want to talk about. But um, yeah, you know, if you would have talked to me about eight years ago and told me, Danelle, eight years in the future, you would have your whole business based upon the cervix, I possibly would have like laughed in your face because quite honestly, Amber, I've never been... Like in the past, I was never like the womb person. I was never the like divine feminine goddessy woman. Um, in fact, I was kind of like adverse to it, which now that now looking back, I see that that was probably one of the reasons why I got guided to do this. But, um, you know, the story starts at the age of 19 when I had my first abnormal pap smear diagnosis. And I was at a Planned Parenthood in Sacramento, California. And <clears throat> I remember they're just like, yeah, you have HPV. And I was like, what's HPV? They're like, oh, it's just a ST. They called it STD at the time, but it's now STI instead of disease. They use infection. And they're like, yeah, you have some abnormal cells on your cervix, but you're young. Don't worry about it. You'll heal. And like, that was it. They didn't tell me anything. I remember going in for the pap smear and not really even knowing why. I'm like, what is what what is being checked? I don't even know what a, like I don't even know what a cervix is. I don't even think I knew I've had heard of that word before. So, you know, I was 19 years old going to college and living a pretty fast lifestyle and I listened to the doctor. I didn't do a thing to help myself. And so, you know, like that really was, I see now looking back, like a, a moment where it was like, um, like my path split where I've had, if I had received some sort of education in that moment, my life probably would have turned out differently, but because I didn't have any education or any understanding about this part of my body, you know, I just kind of continued to live life and drink and party and stay up late and have multiple sexual partners without using protection. And so, you know, this began to snowball within my body. And over the next three years, I had continuous abnormal pap smears and the cervical dysplasia, which is abnormal cells on the cervix, which is considered a precancerous condition started to worsen and it got worse and worse and worse. And the HPV wasn't going away. And then it came out that I had both strains of um, cancer causing HPV 16 and 18. And so, like throughout those three going to four years, like three and a half to four years, none of my practitioners ever explained anything to me. And I remember asking my doctor, I was like, what can I do? Like, I want to help myself. And she's like, Oh, there's nothing you can do. You can maybe take some folic acid 
or like lysine as a supplement and that's it. So I did that. I was like taking folic acid. I was taking lysine and I, I still like just really wanted to help myself, but nobody was telling me anything. And during this time, those three and a half, four years, uh, I experienced a lot of medical bullying. So I, I'm kind of, I'm a very strong-willed person and stubborn. <laughs> and so when I looked up online, like what the LEAP procedure was, which is the procedure that they offer women with cervical dysplasia. Um, and I started reading these forums of like horror stories of women who had this surgical intervention on their cervix. I scared myself. I just like, I got so terrified. I saw images. Is it like a scraping? It's literally like, it's, what is it? Like a cartilage where basically they take an electrical electric electricized loop knife and they sear off the face of the cervix so if you think of like a mound they like cut the face of the mound off wow um you know what i let's remember where we are can you tell us where the what and where the cervix is i've had two conversations in the last month with women in their 40s who are like goddessy woman power who who were who thought it was the opening to the vagina was the oh they thought it was a vaginal opening oh okay I will remember where I was so the the cervix is actually a part of the uterus it's the what's called the neck of the uterus so you know the uterus is kind of shaped like an upside down pear um, the cervix is the very tip of it. And so the part of the cervix that gets checked in pap smears is what's called the face of the cervix, which is exposed in the vaginal canal. And it's at the very end of the vaginal canal. So like you stick something in your vaginal canal and you hit the end, like that's the cervix, like the very, very inside end of um, the vaginal canal, but this, the body of cervix itself is much, is thick. It's about like three inches thick. That blows Uh, my mind. I just learned that from you on Instagram this week. And I was like, whoa, I thought it was like maybe a couple centimeters. Oh, well, you know, cervix when, you know, in birth, it, it like flattens and effaces. And so that's what allows it to dilate is because it has so much meat. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know it's trippy, huh? It is. (laughs) So yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting how we as women, like don't know where the cervix is in our body yet. Really smart women who are in tune with their bodies just haven't had the education. Right. Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to forget where I was in that story, but I have like, I did a lot of research and looking at anatomical drawings from the last say like 150 years. And in most anatomy books, like pre 1997 cervix wasn't even labeled pre 97 around there. Yeah. Like the most, I mean, the recent anatomical books yeah. it's labeled but like you know 60s 70s 80s I think into the uh, early 90s like it wasn't even labeled in the anatomy drawings of my lifetime I was 16 in 97 like that I was having sex going <laughs> to the like I'm not certain on that date because it's been a couple of years since I've looked at that information but I remember being very shocked yeah <laughs> I'm like this doctors are learning about the female pelvis and it's not even labeled <laughs> so I mean that's just so emblematic of 
so much. <laughs> it is, it is. And so, you know, when I talk with women about this, I'm like, it's not our fault. Okay. It's not our fault that these things happen. And, um, so may I, can I go back to this the story? So while I was experiencing cervical dysplasia and HPV, before I decided to truly figure out what the heck was going on in my body, um, the doctors really didn't like that. I wasn't like, quote, listening to them because they wanted me to get the HPV vaccine. And I was like, I would ask them forthright, like, why do I need a vaccine for something I already have? Like, tell me how that works. And they couldn't explain it to me. And then I would be like, well, what about this surgical procedure? Like I'm reading all these things about women's like sexual experiencing being destroyed. Like mm. cervix is not being able to dilate during birth and like forced cesareans happen after the because, leap procedure because of the scar tissue on the cervix. And like, you know, they would just brush me off and I'd be like, I'm an inquisitive person and stubborn. I'm like, no, tell me. And so like the, the tipping point for me was because I wasn't listening to my practitioners, they actually sent me to this like big wig, fancy OBGYN at a teaching hospital to like get, I guess, for me to like listen to her. And I had my seventh colposcopy biopsy, which is like, they take like a chunk out of the cervix just to read the cells and you know, there's a, there was a pivotal moment. Like it's like seared into my memory where she was on this rolly chair and she like rolled over to me and I was in this big teaching gynecological exam room. So there was like an, there was no audience, but there was like an audience stadium. It was very strange. Oh. <laughs> and she, like, I had never met this woman before. And she like put her cold hands on my exposed thigh. And she's like, you know, you refuse the leap you refuse the vaccine. I'm sorry. There's nothing more we can do for you. We'll see you when you come back with cancer. <gasps> and I like walked out of that and I was like, oh my God, I'm 23 and I'm going to die early death of cervical cancer. And I went home and <clears throat> I was sobbing in the, the shower and it was like a, it was like a spiritual moment happened. It was like the most mystical spiritual experience I've had. And I've had mystical experiences, but it was like my body turned on and like this, like light, like illuminated from within me. And like, I heard my body was like, Danelle, something's amiss, but we can figure it out. And like, I like remember being in that shower and like I pulled myself up, up off the, like the shower floor pan and I was, and I stepped out and I looked myself in the mirror and I'm like, we're going to figure this out. And so Amber, for three years, I did in-depth research and study about cervix, reproductive health, immune system health, like holistic living. I went back to graduate school and got my master's in integrative health studies. And I was just like, so fascinated on how the body can heal and regenerate. And I started reading stories about spontaneous healing of people who had like metastasized cancer where overnight it would just like disappear. And I basically changed everything in my life to fit the needs of my cervix. And like, what was cervix telling me through this progressive condition of cervical dysplasia that 
was leading me towards cervical cancer. And lo and behold, a little after about three years after that, like stake in the ground moment, I had a pap smear on a Thursday. And that Saturday morning, my doctor called me, which is very strange because doctors don't usually call you. Usually they like message you on the little messaging board online. And she's like, Danelle, I got your results back. And I couldn't wait to tell you, like, I couldn't just like send you a message, but she's like, everything is clear. Like HPV, it's not showing up in your system anymore. The cervical dysplasia is gone. In fact, your cervix is the healthiest I've ever seen it. And she got quiet. She's like, how did you do it? (laughs) And I just like burst out laughing, Amber. I was like, so I was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders And then within about 30 seconds, I got very angry. I was so mad. I was just so mad and thinking of like all the bullying and the fear and how nobody told me all these things that I had learned that I had to like find it out myself. And it was (laughs) through that anger and actually that like righteousness, like why aren't we women told about cervix that I then began to share about what is now called cervical wellness. And now it's kind of my life's mission to speak about cervix and bring awareness to cervix and not just for women who have abnormal pap smears, but as you were mentioning, just as, um, as a, a focal point for embodiment and and um, like interconnection. And so that's what I do now. And it's, it's a wild <laughs> journey, but I'm happy to have been on it. God, that's crazy. And okay, I just have to point out a little something here. I've been reading and watching and uh, listening to a lot of things about cults lately mm-hmm. and cultish dynamics. And one major thing that happens in these cultish dynamics is not allowing for very logical, common sense questions to be asked. Mm. And like you weren't even being super rebellious or awful. You were asking very common sense questions. Why would I take a vaccine for a thing I already have? I mean, that that's, you know, so it's just so interesting how... And, I always have to say this, I'm not anti-modern medicine. I've used it. It saves lives, you know, but that there really is this defensiveness yes. in, in modern medicine around questioning anything, even though we know, like how, you know, third leading cause of death, it's like 20 years behind research and the practice is about 20 years behind the research at all times. And anyway, that's just really sticks out to me in Mm -hmm. that story. Mm -hmm. And so two questions. And then, yeah, I very much want to get into um, cervix as self. But what was the answer to that question you were asking yourself of what is my cervix telling me with this dysplasia um, Mm -hmm. and HPV? And then also your doctor's answer, what did you do to heal it? Or your Mm -hmm. So what cervix was telling me through the HPV infection, through the dysplasia was that I had disconnected from myself. I had actually rejected like who I am, who I was. And what I mean by that is there is a common theme in all the women I work with that there has, there is, um, either a rejection of being a woman 
of like being in a female body. There's a rejection of some part of their past, something that's happened, some way that they have acted and behaved that they feel deep shame about. And this is my story too. And so it's like, we just try to like disconnect from it, dissociate from it, like literally like piece ourselves apart and not be embodied in that part of ourselves anymore. And so for me, my cervical healing journey has really been a journey of remembering who I am, even through all the, you know, big traumas, little traumas, like moments of shame, moments of fear, things that I feel cringy about things that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to remember that cervix is like, remember face yourself, face yourself. So, um, on Instagram, I've been recently speaking to this idea of facing ourselves and the part of the cervix that develops cervical dysplasia is the face of the cervix. So the face of the cervix is what's exposed in the vaginal canal and the cervical Oz, which is the cervical canal is also called the mouth of the cervix. So cervix has a face, cervix has a mouth. And so I I say this all the time, but cervix is just like another one of us, you know, like your face and your mouth, just like, like in the lower half of your body. And so cervical dysplasia emerges right around the cervical Oz. Like usually it starts within the cervical Oz and then like fans out across the face. And so the way I think about that now is like, oh, it's like the message is getting louder and louder and louder to face yourself. What are you rejecting about yourself? What are you denying that is true for you? And how are you dis- like dissociating from who you actually are, whether that's because of cultural programming, whether that's because of, you know, traumas of the past, or it's kind of like a coping mechanism. You know, for me, I have a history of codependency and I used to pride myself in being like a chameleon where I could pretend and put on these like different personalities, depending on who I was in the room with, instead of just being who I am, like Danelle, you know, this is my personality. And cervix guided me to confront that, to face that like, oh, These are all the ways that I'm pretending. These are all the ways that I'm lying to myself constantly. Like how many times have I said yes when I was actually a no in all realms of my life? And so, you know, this idea of facing ourselves with how we are living in our body, how we are treating our body, how we are, you know, having lifestyles and habits, how does it affect who we are? And that's really, um, I'd say one of the more overarching themes of the cervical healing journey is what is, what are you not facing and what are you lying to yourself about? What are you denying within you? And the way that I've seen women heal very quickly. Like I've had, I had one client who had sin three cervical dysplasia, which is like the highest grade, which nine times out of 10 doctors would be like, you need to have a leap right now. But I've seen a woman heal in six weeks. Like she went, she had a pap smear. It was sin three. She, we worked together and six weeks later, she had another pap smear and it was gone like the cervical dysplasia was gone. And I was shocked. I was like, this is 
miraculous. And she's like, Danelle, I can't believe it. But I just decided, like, it's like she changed her mind. There's something about her mind and belief sets and like inner orientation. And once it's like, once the body knows that you have received the message and that you are doing what you need to do, like the message doesn't need to be sent anymore. So then to answer your second question about how did I do this? Well, that was a long journey of trial and error and education. Like that's one of the main things that I think is most important is just having information that you can then integrate into your life. So like, what is a cervix? What impacts a cervix? What organ systems are associated with a cervix? How do these, how does stress impact the cervix? How does your diet and your lifestyle impact the cervix? How does the way you approach sex and your sexuality and, you know, allowing penetration before you're actually um, aroused, how does that impact the cervix? All these things, like once you learn them, it's just like, oh, no wonder my cervix was unhappy. <laughs> like I have been living in a way that no wonder cultivate un- cultivated unwellness here. And so how I did it was learning and then just changing how I was living. I, you know, I stopped drinking. That was a big one. I actually went to AA for two years because like I was, I had alcoholic tendencies and that was something cervix had me face. It was like, face your ancestral patterning of alcoholism. I'm like, oh God, that was hard. I changed the way I nourished and ate myself, ate or consumed food. Um, I, I went through pretty deep sexual healing with my now husband, but like really confronting the way I had allowed my body to be treated and how I, how often I would dissociate during sexual penetration and how that led to physical damage of my cervix. Um, because that's, I want to put a little caveat here. It's one thing I actually just learned is that HPV enters into the body through um, like abrasions or some minor cuts or like small wounds in the vaginal canal. So like hard penetrative sex when you're not aroused properly leads to, you know, small openings in, in the, the flesh leading for the virus to come in. So like really getting clear about that, like, okay. So, you know, I can keep going on and on, but it's really cervix calls us into change. And if something's wrong with cervix, or if you are being called to work with cervix, that means that change has to happen in your life. And wanting cervix wants us to face ourselves in looking at what type of change that is. Um, I mean, I just feel like that's like every woman I know has, has the story of disconnecting from self and especially heterosexual women have stories of very bad sex from especially from our youths um i i went to uc davis and you did too and i think you know for both of us perhaps that sacramento valley was the site of some bad decision making um but i'm remembering now that i was really touched by can you tell us about your the trip that you took to davis to like 
heal a lot of these things. Mm, mm, yeah, I would love to. So, um, yeah, as you know, UC Davis has like a pretty large, like fraternity culture. There's like a whole frat row. <laughs> and, um, I spent unfortunately like, Oh, not unfortunately, but I spent a lot of time not conscious and doing things that I don't feel proud of while I was there for those, I would say like for like a good, the last two and a half years of my college experience. So this past spring, um, you know, even though my cervix is healed of cervical dysplasia and HPV, I still feel like I'm on the cervical healing journey where because of, of my work with my cervix, there's, there's, con there's continuous revelations that come through, like the voice of my cervix that continues to reveal things to me in, um, in places of myself that I have rejected or denied or yeah, just ignored. And, um, there, there was a very deep knowing in me that I needed to go back to Davis and like relive or like go to these locations that I only had like very faint fig, like figmented memories of because I was either like drunk or high or because just through trauma, like, like, you know, the memories distort. And so, um, what was it? I think it was in February. I got an Airbnb and actually took my husband and <clears throat> I told him, I was like, now, if you're coming, like, know that this isn't like a fun experience. Like I'm going to go stand like with my body now to go be in these locations where it felt like past versions of me were stuck, you know, stuck in that fraternity house or stuck in this like bathroom where I experienced, um, actually hemorrhaging from a, um, an abortion that went wrong. And that, that's a whole other story, <laughs> but like, you know, when I work with clients, they, they would tell me like, Danal, I have these memories and I don't know how to work with them. I'm like, well, how I know to work with them guided by cervix is actually to return to the place where the memory happened. Where did you like the, the exact moment in time when you fragmented from yourself to go back there with awareness and in your own way, like reclaim that part of yourself. I, and so what I, I did was I went to these places all through Davis, like went to different stores, walked down different streets, went to like my old apartment building. And I would like, just like leave an offering or say a prayer or like in my conscious mind, just like remember myself. I also had some photos of myself from that time. And, you know, I know you you are a woman who likes to think of like, you know, quantum and ancestral connections and whatnot. And this understanding that like all time exists at once, you know, in, in these other dimensions of this reality. And so what cervix guided me to do is to actually go back into those moments of time in the present moment and reclaim the parts of myself that I had rejected, fragmented from, dissociated from, or just forgotten. And, you know, it sounds kind of out there. And sometimes when I speak about it, I'm like, this sounds kind of out there. But after that trip, 
like no memory from Davis now leaves me feeling cringy or like, I'm like, you know, we all have those memories where like, Ooh, I don't want to think about that. Um, that doesn't exist now from that time because I've gone and, um, I call it like tying up timeline loops, like loose ends in your timeline. You kind of like gather them back and like bring them back into your center, your core back to cervix. (laughs) Um, so I do that often, actually, not, I mean, not often, but anytime when I'm like meditating in my deep pelvis in cervix and there's like a memory that emerges, like you got to work with this. So I'm just like, okay, here's another timeline loop. I get to tend to, I mean, I went to Maui and I did this, I've done this in different places in California. Um, I've done this even in like my, in front of my childhood home, like these sorts of things. It's, um, I really like to liken cervix as our own inner Oracle. So a lot of women like to use divination and oracular practices outside of their body for information. And I'm like, actually you have one in your deep pelvis, like bring your awareness there and you will know everything you need to know about what you need to do and move forward. So um, yeah, that, that was my experience in Davis. And now I'd love to go back and like, enjoy picnic day or I don't know, go, you know, like actually enjoy being there. Yeah. Oh, I love this idea of closing timeline loops. And I was riveted to your stories when you were doing that. Mm. And I just decided that for a Patreon bonus, I'm going to record myself speaking about what you helped me go back and heal when we had our one-on-one because it's, yeah, it's so similar. It's all these places in Sacramento and this one dude and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that cringe moment that like yes, your so- head, I don't want to remember it. That's exactly what we need to look at. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how do I listen to my cervix Mm -hmm. yeah this is like an inner muscle that needs to be flexed because you know there's a whole trend of feminine embodiment happening right now and I'm like these women are actually fully embodied because they're not actually in their cervix like our whole like cervix is the base of our torso it's like the lowest point if you think of like the most dense things tend to fall to the bottom, right? Well, this is true in our cervix. And so most women feel like they can't go there because it's so dense. Cervix is also a record keeper. So anything that's ever penetrated you physically, energetically, anything that you have not decided to birth through you or create, you know, it's cervix holds these memories. And so it's dense there. So the best way that I can invite living in cervix and and connecting with cervix is to first be open and willing to descend into your pelvis. So like um, a short visual I like to guide women through is just like to bring your awareness into your midbrain. We don't have to like close our eyes and do this, but in your own time, just like bring your awareness into your midbrain. So like your reptilian brain. And then like a stone falling through water, you just descend the central channel of your body, which 
is the vagus nerve. So like you're descending from the middle of your brain down the central channel of your body. And like, once we start to get towards our womb, most women stop there. Like, Ooh, I'm, I'm connected to my womb. I'm like, that's great. I love the womb too. Go deeper. So like (laughs) go deeper, deeper, deeper. And you'll, you like, I can actually, I don't know other people, but you can like feel how it gets dense and like you'll like kind of land in your cervix. And I like to liken it, like taking a seat in a big comfy chair and just kind of like settle in there and you just breathe there and try to hold your awareness there. And if you do that enough times, even just like five minutes or when you're taking your bath, do that. And things might start popping up like images, memories, like feelings might start, like, it's like the whole nervous system starts to get activated. And it's like all the density that's down there, like layers will start to be peeled. And so that's really the first piece is like, we have to be willing to bring our mind down there. And then obviously there's more, but that's where I invite all women to start. I am just remembering a video I saw on Instagram of I think it was older textbooks that used to say that women had no nerves in the cervix. Yeah. It was not innervated. And therefore, go ahead, doctors, do whatever the fuck you need to do to that place. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is still commonly spoken to. I mean, when like I've had women tell me all the time, I go in for a colposcopy or I, I start to question these procedures and the doctors would be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like cervix doesn't feel anything. You won't feel it. And I'm like, that is just plain wrong. Actually, yeah. cervix is one of the most innervated organs of the female pelvis. Like the clitoris has the most nerve endings, but cervix has the most paired nerve pathways. So like paired nerves, meaning like, the nerve splits and like goes on either side of the cervix, like kind of like cups it. There's, I, okay, I'm forgetting the exact number. I think there's five different nerve pathways that like terminate in the cervix. So, I mean, cervix is also a sexual organ. Like women can have cervical orgasms, you know, it's, but unfortunately there just isn't a lot of research being done because modern medicine doesn't like to do research on fertile aged women because they're afraid of impacting their fertility, which is ironic <laughs> in my estimation. Uh, and also because our bodies are so dynamic, right? You're at your, your fertile age. Um, yeah. Cause I'm thinking what made me think of that is thinking of all the times I have felt my cervix in an exam or giving birth. Right. The first time I don't think I was aware of it, but the second time I was like, that's my fucking cervix stretching, you know, that, oh God, this is so intense. But I was, my second birth was so much faster. And I know this is common, but I was really working with each wave in my second mm. birth too. I was just visualizing that cervix opening. Mm. Whereas with my first, I was kind of um, like, avoiding it. Like, no, this is so intense. Stop. And the second one, I was like, I just got to dive right into it. And oh my God, it was so fast. Mm. 
But mm. I just remember being like, oh, this is my cervix. I'm feeling my cervix. You know, that's like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, another invitation I give to all women is to try to reach inside with their hands and feel their cervix with your own fingers. Be careful if you have nails, but that's another way to bring like mind body connection. Um, Because some of us aren't visual people, we can't visualize going down in our body. So and if if you think that your fingers don't aren't long enough, then use a tool. Like if you have a crystal wand or even like a dildo, like this isn't about self-pleasure, like, oh, I'm going to make myself orgasm. This is like, can I feel my cervix? And there are many women that have numb cervixes. And that doesn't mean that will be numb forever. Um, but that's also a reality. But the only way to denumb, to thaw the cervix is to start to work with cervix. And so, you know, using our mind to go down or using something to go up and in, And, you know, there's a lot of work about penetration and self-penetrating and like feeling safe to penetrate ourselves. Um, That's another way to start to connect to cervix. You know, it's very basic. But again, we were never told growing up that it was okay for us to penetrate ourselves. It was always like, I don't know, you know, female masturbation or female exploration of our body is hardly ever spoken about or supported. And so, um, yeah, we've had so many other people inside of us, like why not, why not ourselves? So yeah. yeah. No wonder we're disconnected. Totally. Mm. Um, okay. We will come back to cervix, but I was also so enraptured by the story that you shared a few months ago about this tooth infection that you had. Why don't you actually start this off by telling us then about the business that you built around helping women address their cervical issues and then how this tooth infection helped you see what was wrong with your approach and this total pivot that you've done over the last year when it comes to business and money. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm still kind of in it. So I will do my best to like to answer this succinctly. Um, so, you know, when I started cervical wellness a little over five years ago, I was very much in service to women's health, very much in service to women's wellness and really wanting to be, you know, a voice for cervix in a way that is not seen on the planet right now. Like women need to know this education. And so that's where I started. And, um, you know, I had clients, I had a program, it was great, but you know, Instagram and social media is so nefarious sometimes. And you see what other women are doing. And, um, you know, a few, a couple of years ago, I saw that some women were making a lot of money online. And I got really jealous because I have graduate school student loans and like, it's not, wasn't ever something I consciously decided to change, but I started to emulate what these other online coaches were doing that were making a lot of money online. And so I like, like some, some time, I don't know when exactly it happened, but my intention for cervical wellness switched from being of like deep service to women to being like, Ooh, I want to be seen and noticed online. And I want people to think I'm sexy and I want um, to make a lot of money, you know? And if, you know, it's like, 
I'm just going to call myself out here. Like my ego grew so big, Amber, because I started being noticed. Like people started recognizing me. Like I I went down to LA and had these like two girls be like, oh my God, are you cervical wellness? And I'm like, I'm Danelle, but yeah, cervical wellness is my business. Like people started to know who I was and I would get like these like fan mails and my ego just got like bigger and bigger. And, you know, it's, it's really humbling to recognize how easy that, how easy that was to happen for me. Um, so, you know, last year I, um, ended up investing in like a, one of like the fancy sensual business coaches. And, um, I launched my course in the way that she showed me was the way to make money. And lo and behold, I made the most money I'd ever made in a month in my entire life. I was just like, Whoa, this works. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. And Amber, it was so bizarre. Like I was like high from the income and then it like very quickly felt empty. And this was July of last year. And I was like, this is very strange. Like I'm thought, I thought I'm doing all these things, right? Like people are noticing me. I'm, I'm being recognized. I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling all sexy and sensual. (laughs) Sorry. I'm like embarrassed to even say that, but, (laughs) um, but like the emptiness I felt is like having this like lump of cash in my bank account because then I, I started to, I kind of like looked back at what I had done to make that money and the way that I had marketed and, um, And like some women reaching out being like, it's really hard for me to pay this amount of money, but I'm going to like take a loan out or I'm going to like ask my parents if I can borrow this money. And like, there was a part of me that was like, Danelle, this is kind of effed up. Like these women are seeking support for you, from you for something that's really scary. Like this isn't like a business coaching thing. This isn't like a sensual embodiment thing. Like this is possibly life and death for some women, you know? So after the experience of feeling the emptiness of the, the lump of cash, a, an abscess came out on my gum and I didn't know what that was about. So I went to the dentist and Little did I know this would be like the next level of my cervical healing journey, but this time in my mouth, because what came out was that there had been a dead tooth in my mouth for possibly many years that had gone undiagnosed and it had brewed an infection the size of like a little smaller than a golf ball in my head that was, that killed one tooth. A third, a second tooth was just about dead and was feeding on a third tooth. So it's like the infection was like feeding on my teeth and my mouth. And now I'm interested in Chinese body mapping. I don't know if you know about like tooth meridians and whatnot. So I looked up what tooth meridian these teeth were connected to, and they're connected to my pineal gland, my pituitary gland, and my thymus, which is on the heart. 
And Amber, when I saw this, I realized that my mind had been infected and my heart had literally been infected. And when this all came up, it was, it was, it was probably the, one of the most like revelatory experiences of my life where it was like my brain like broke when I realized what my business had become. Like I actually canceled everything. I canceled all my guest appearances. I like stopped all my programs. I um, basically hid into a hole because this infection in my teeth and in my face had been, it, it, okay, I'm just going to speak it how I experienced it. It felt like I had been possessed or my, my mind had been brainwashed into a cult of like sensual boss babe embodiment from Instagram that was money hungry. And so, you know, as I, I got the teeth treated, um, I went to a biological dentist and then a biological endontist. And I had three freaking root canals done. And I know some people are like, don't get root canals, get your teeth pulled. I'm like, there's three teeth. I'm not going to get three teeth pulled. Like I'm going to start with this and see what happens. But even after the first root canal, Amber, like it was a two-step process where first he cleaned the tooth out and filled it with ozone and he injected ozone into my face it was like a veil came down from my eyes and from my brain. And I could like, it was like, I could see clearly for the first time in years. And that's when my brain was like, what have I been doing? What have I done? Like cervical wellness is for women. And I was just like obsessed and ego driven. So, you know, since then I have gone and I'm going continuously through a complete overhaul of my brand and like a whole new website is almost done being built, which is in pure service to women connecting and healing their cervix. Like I completely slashed all of my prices. Um, I got rid of like the really like fancy mastermind pay me like $10,000 type thing. And just getting back to like the simplicity of devotion and service to what I'm being called to do. And the theme of the last six months of my life, Amber, has been rooting out the infection of my life um, because the infection in my face I know it's like, you know, it's a bacterial colony. Like there's like beans in there, you know, it's like other creatures in my head, in the middle of my head. And it had been impacting these glands and places in my body that led me to act and behave in a way that was not who I am. And so I actually attribute this to my cervical healing journey because this infection possibly could have been brewing since my late teens when I had some veneers done. And, um, you know, it's just like the next layer is like, where have you not been facing yourself? And now where have you been lying? How have you been acting out of integrity? And so who you are seeing before you now and who you're listening to everybody is um, a rebirthed version of me and a rebirthed version of cervical wellness. <laughs> I love it. It, it. I just, I already respected you so much and how honest you've been about this. Um, just deepen that respect. And I mean, I have to say from my perspective, I was 
paying attention to you during your boss babe phase. And I never was like, Oh, I don't like what she was doing. Like your heart and your integrity were still there. Your care for women and for this work were still there. Um, and you know, I, I believe you that your intentions were out of alignment with what you meant for them to be originally and what they are now, but I could always see like your, your essence and your original care shining through. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I went through kind of a dark night over the winter and just feeling like, you know, cervical wellness. I feel like I've been blessed to be like a torchbearer for this. And, um, you know, now, now I'm just even more devoted and committed and so in love with this work and so in love with guiding women to connect to their cervix and heal their cervix and just you know, being a voice for this place in our body because um, there's not many people talking about the cervix and um, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to the echo between, you know, you talk about the face and the mouth of the cervix. <laughs> Yours literally in your mouth. Yes. Yeah. So like a whole new layer now that I'm interested in exploring and teaching is actually like dental and mouth health mm-hmm. and how that can impact pelvic health and cervical health. And um, I've like put a little feelers out on my Insta stories about this. And some women have reached down. They're like, oh my gosh, Janelle, I was just thinking about this. And I think I have some teeth that need to be addressed. And I have cervical dysplasia. I'm like, okay, like this is cervix kind of like cervical wellness is just this ever evolving body of work and, and understanding the interrelation of cervix to the rest of our body. And that this as difficult as it was, has offered a really powerful new facet for me to explore with others. It's all connected. (laughs) Truly, truly amazing. (laughs) Um, I think perhaps related to this, it, it sounds like to me is um, you did some stories once. You're like one of those people who I screenshot your stories sometimes to go Aww. back. <laughs> um, but it was about how for a long time you you like wanted this hard body, mm. and then soft, soft. I just did a post recently about like softening into my softness. Mm. Yeah. I I feel like that kind of ties in what you were just talking about with cervix even, even more deeply. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all interrelated, but this to me is, um, you know, just, again, I'm just going to speak from my experience, wanting a hard, like firm, like ab, like six pack ab body, no body fat. That was just a rejection of who I am. Like I am in a female body, like I'm a woman, I'm supposed to be soft. I'm supposed to have fat. I'm supposed to like have breasts and a butt and thighs and like a belly and fat padding over my womb, you know? And so like, it's just was another example of me rejecting myself, rejecting who I am. And when I say who I am, I always capitalize who I am. Cause it's not just like, who I think I am, but like, who am I like born into this world as, and like the template that like, I kind of like got stamped through. Um, 
And all of these ways, it's like self-abuse, you know, all these ways that we abuse ourselves to try to conform into a mold or a template that isn't who we are. You know, some people, they have, they are naturally thin and naturally have low body fat and that's who they are. That's great. But that's not me. Like I'm Polish and like, like Irish and like, we like eat a lot of meat and potatoes and like, are like kind of like soft people, (laughs) soft, but strong. Um, And so like this, again, this notion that cervix guides us to who we are and to, to face the parts of ourselves that we have rejected. And when we stop rejecting it and we just kind of surrender to our life and like what our natural body template wants to be and our, our inherent personality, like without all the, the, fakeness or pretense or trying to be like others. Um, that's really the essence of it. And that's what guides my whole life now. And I have some friends from the past who are like, Danelle, you've changed so much, so many times. I'm like, I know. It's because I'm like going through the layers of density. And as I peel it all back, I become closer to my truer essence. And that's what I want for all women. Yeah. And we, we just live in a culture that um, strips that from us at such a young age. Yes. Schooling, processed food, television, and yeah. all of those things have just accelerated. Um, so, I mean, I've, you know, really, really, I could ask 8,000 more questions about specifically how do we do this? And I see kind of two sides, like women who actually need to heal mm-hmm. dysplasia or something else. And then women who just want to be more in touch with their cervix and mm-hmm. You have, of course, you have plenty of resources for this. And I look forward to talking with you after we end this call. We're going to record again and talk more about those meat and potatoes. <laughs> um, like physically, how you nourish yourself and how you've changed that to support cervix and yes. devotional cooking. I just love that phrase when I first saw you using it online, devotional cooking. But as we wrap up here, yeah, tell people where they can find you and what offerings you have. Yes, I'd love to. So you can find me on Instagram at Cervical Wellness. I'm very active there. And my website is cervicalwellness.com. Um, for those of you who do have abnormal pap smears, I do have a book. It's called Informed, Aware, Empowered, A Self-Guided Journey to Clear Paps. And I have a course called Cervical Wellness Online which is devoted to showing you the, how to move through the cervical healing journey. Like what do you need to take into consideration? What changes you need to make, what to incorporate food, herbs, like how to align your lifestyle to fit the needs of your cervix. It goes into um, a, a, a lot of depth. Um, also women who don't have abnormal pap smears have taken that course as well, because it really is about how to deeply connect to cervix, um, for a healing journey. Um, but with this new website, I'm also very excited. Um, I'm going to have several more offerings. There's going to be a free public content library where it'll be like, you give your email address. There's going to be the private library, which is a library of Oh, a large body of work that I've done over the years. And then there's going to be a more like high tailored content library that's called the Golden Cervix Archive. And this is where all of my um, my past courses, all of like the really 
like highbrow isn't the right word, but like, like really in-depth information about cervical connection and, and not just about healing cervix of abnormal pap smears, but for those who are interested in what I call like the cervix mysteries or how does cervix um, influence your life in a way that we can actually use for our betterment and for the betterment of the world. So that's all coming. I'm very excited about it. And I also work with women one-on-one, either for longer containers of six months, or if you just want to ask me some questions, I do have single consultations that um, women can sign up for. If you just want to talk to me for an hour, I love those. So I did that and it was so, uh, again, I'll do a um, Patreon about that, but it was just beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy that, that you got some, you got good things out of that. Yep. And, and then you have this ebook empowered pap finding freedom in the gyno experience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have so, I have so many offerings that this, um, this is a a short, it's a 10 minute video actually, but for women who feel fear Uh about gynecological exams or experiences, this goes through how I prepare and what I do when I'm in the doctor's office to like reclaim my power Mm. and to really be in control of the situation. There's also a PDF um, of like what to do before, what to do during, what to do after. Uh, And there's also a workshop I have called Cervix Healing 101. And this is for the women who are just starting to consider like healing their cervix and like what really needs to be taken into consideration. Like I go through very fine detail about like, these are the top things you need to start to think about and incorporate in your life. And this is like a really good beginning place. So if you have abnormal pap smears, I recommend my book plus cervix healing 101 as a beginning place. And if you want to go deeper into the cervical healing journey, my course cervical wellness online is really comprehensive and will give you most of what you need. I mean, obviously there's always more, but I've had, there's been a lot of women with great success with this course. Yay. I love it. I remember um, a good friend's sister years ago saying she owned a health food store and saying like, no, you can, you can heal HPV. You can get rid of these things. But then like, but wait, how, what are you, what are you even talking about? But it always stuck with me that that was possible. Mm. Um, And so I'm just super grateful for these very vital, vital work that you're doing. And I just love thinking about me being a small part of bringing women who need it to you. So thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you, Amber. It's been such an honor to, to talk with you today. Thank you. Okay. Congratulations to you for listening to the end of this. If you're at all interested in diving more into Danelle's work, specifically her cervical wellness online course, because she just messaged me offering a 25% off coupon code to patrons of this podcast. So you can find that at patreon.com slash medicine stories, 25% off her fabulous online cervical wellness course. Thank you for taking these medicine stories in. I hope they inspire you to keep walking the mythic path of your own unfolding self. I love sharing information and will always put any relevant links in the show notes. 
You can find past episodes, my blog, and our handmade herbal medicines at mythicmedicine.love. We've got reishi, lion's mane, elderberry, mugwort, yarrow, redwood, body oils, an amazing sleep medicine, heart medicine, earth essences, so much more, more than I can list there, mythicmedicine.love. While you're there, check out my quiz, which healing herb is your spirit medicine? It's fun and lighthearted, but the results are really in-depth and designed to bring you into closer alignment with both the medicine that you're in need of and the medicine that you already carry and can bring to others. If you love the show, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash medicine stories. It is so worth your while. There are dozens and dozens of killer rewards there. And I've been told by many folks it's the best Patreon out there. We've got ebooks, downloadable PDFs, bonus interviews, guided meditations, giveaways, resource guides, links to online learning and behind the scenes stuff, and just so much more. The best of it is available at the $2 a month level. Thank you. And please subscribe on whichever app you use. Just click that little subscribe button and review on iTunes. It's so helpful. And if you do that, you just may be featured in a listener spotlight in the future. The music that opens the show is by Marie Sue. That's M-A-R-I-E-E. S-I-O-U-X from her beautiful song, Wild Eyes. Thank you, Marie. And thanks to you all. I look forward to next time.